Well, we've had a week to digest last weekend's NFL draft. Now it's time to go through the players. This is number one of the three-part trilogy. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter at RoyDog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 13. This is part one of the three-part trilogy. Duh. Three parts. Trilogy. Dumbass. Talking about me, not you. But any which way, we're going to go ahead and take a look through the write-up that just went out. For the Doghouse Fantasy Football 2020 Dynasty Rookie Rankings. We're going to take this step by step. Go through each player all the way down to, I believe it was 78 this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was last year too with 78 skill players taken. So pretty consistent from year to year. Uh, at least for the time that being that I've done it. So let's start... Let's start out. Number one. Who is number one? It's got to be my guy from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, who went to the Indianapolis Colts. If anybody is trying to tell you that he's not the best rookie and in the best spot, people are fucking lying. It's just he's the number one. Yeah, he's got issues with receiving, you know, in the receiving game, but uh, he has worked on it the last couple of years. He is a capable Receiving back, uh, not worried about Marlon Mack whatsoever. I'm also not really too worried about Naheem Hines. Uh, they will take a couple of touches here and there. But overall, Jonathan Taylor, number one guy. Coming in at number two is Cam Akers for the Los Angeles Rams. Running back, <clears throat> he has to overcome a poor offensive line. We're really going to hope here that the Rams do do the right thing. And... Uh, Build up that line over the next couple of drafts, uh, possibly free agents once they get out of salary cap hell. Um, but he has done this before. He did this at Florida State. Florida State had a horrendous line uh, blocking for him, and he was able to actually produce uh, behind that line uh, because of the way that because of how high he was drafted. I'm not worried about Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson killing his value, although they will fit in from time to time. Probably a vulture carry from Malcolm Brown at the goal line. Number three is the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
drafted into a very good system for running backs. I'm a little concerned with Damian Williams, at least for this year, uh, especially at the beginning as they work a layer in. Uh, but at the end, if the talent is as good as we see it, he should get a role similar to what Kareem Hunt did uh, the two years that he was there. Number four, surprise uh, for a wide receiver, is going to be Michael Pittman of the Colts. He wasn't the highest drafted wide receiver in this year's draft, but definitely fell into a good spot. I like him lining up across from T.Y. Hilton. It will keep the pressure off him a bit and give him the opportunity to excel and possibly become the top fantasy point rookie wide receiver this season. A lot of guys are going to jump on Judy. They're going to jump on uh, guys like Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb. But in my opinion, it's going to be Michael Pittman who's going to come up on top this year. Coming in at number five is T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver. Lining up again. He's lining up again. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let me fucking figure out my my words here. Uh, he's going to be lining up across from A.J. Green for at least this year. Um, and he will be learning from a very good wide receiver. Uh, once once Green leaves, it will be Higgins in the number one spot, and he will be there with his current quarterback, his now new and uh, quarterback, uh, and current quarterback. <laughs> good God, I can't fucking talk today. What the hell's going on? Uh, his new quarterback for the Bengals, Joe Burrow. Uh, they'll be able to build up a nice working relationship, uh, much like, you know, say Peyton Manning and uh, Marvin Harrison in the past. Number six is Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Uh, depending upon your needs, this is where I'm going to slot him in for right now. Um, if you need, if you're good at running back, you're good at wide receiver, but you need to have that quarterback for the future, I do not mind you taking Joe Burrow uh, any you know earlier than say six. If you wanted to take him in the top spot, I don't really fault you for it. Um, he is the guy that's been probably about the best quarterback to get drafted uh, since you know that Andrew Luck draft back in 2012. Uh, number seven is. My guy, uh, A.J. Dillon for the Green Bay Packers running back. Um, I am higher on Dillon than most people. I have my reasons. main reason uh, is that we obviously are seeing the Packers are going to be transitioning to more of a power rushing scheme. Uh, You have to add in the fact, too, that, you know, a lot of people are going to sit there and go, Aaron Jones is going to get the bulk of the work. Aaron Jones is going to get the bulk of the work. Yeah. Well, that's for this year. If you're drafting a lot of your rookies for this year and this year alone, their first year, you're doing it wrong. You're looking at the future. Aaron Jones is going to leave in free agency after the season, more than likely, which will give uh, Dylan the opportunity to be the main running back for the Green Bay for the next few seasons. Number eight, we have DeAndre Swift for the, uh, the Detroit Lions running back. Not my favorite spot for Swift. Uh, since the Lions haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher in about a decade. but um, And you also have to include that Kerryon Johnson is there. He's going to be there for at least a year or two. But you can't deny what the Lions have done this offseason, building up the offensive line. Uh, so it should open up better running lanes and allow uh, Matthew Stafford himself to stay upright and be able to distribute the ball to guys like Swift who are uh, capable pass catchers. Number nine, we have J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. I should like, like I had said, I should like Dobbins more. Just because Ravens are really heavy run-based. 
uh, and it would be a terrific spot for a new running back, um, uh, especially since the incumbent. Oh, God, why am I brain, fucking brain farting here? Good God. He's my favorite guy. Duh, Mark Ingram. Uh, Ingr- since Angry Mar- Mark Ingram should be gone within about the next year or two, uh, he's getting up there in age, so I would expect the Ravens to probably move on from him. Um, I'm not enamored with Dobbins as far as a skill set, but I'm willing to take a risk on him just based on the system itself um, and the team build that he's actually coming into. So that's why I have J.K. Dobbins in the top ten. But uh, yeah, as far as as far as comparing him to the other running backs that were taken before him or around him, um, he's not my favorite. Getting back into the wide receivers, we have Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. I have heard the detractors talk about how they're going to probably have him on the outside, which is makes sense, consider they have like Old B.C. Johnson on the inside, and they have Adam Thielen on the other side, so. With Adam Thielen on the field, it should draw some coverage away from him. Um, He is very talented. I think, in my mind, he's actually as good, if not better, than Stephon Diggs, and we know how Stephon Diggs thrived in this offense. Number 11 we have is Jerry Judy for the uh, Denver Broncos. Number two on the field, uh, but he could be the true number one on that team. As far as statistics, now you're going to have Cortland Sutton on the other side. He's going to draw a ton of coverage. He's going to draw the number one coverage, of course, uh, which should leave Jerry Judy open on occasion, and he will be moved into the slot uh, every once in a while. So I do like Jerry Judy. He's very talented. We were very high on Jerry Judy. He was my number two overall wide receiver. But moving on to number 12, you have Henry Ruggs III, the wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. I'm not as high on Ruggs, but we have to consider Ruggs considering the fact that uh, John Gruden likes to get his number one wide receiver the ball as much as humanly possible. He's the target machine. So, But the question is whether or not Henry Ruggs can run the full route, run a full you know, multiple route tree. Uh, from the outside and use the speed to be at the top coverage that he's going to receive in this league. Um, if he decide if they decide that he's just going to be a straight ahead route runner, he won't last that long. But like I said, I'm willing to bet that John Gruden's going to get him heavily involved this year um, out of the gate. It's just it's a little bit more of a risk versus a guy like say Judy and Jefferson, in my opinion. Number thirteen, Ceedee Lamb. Wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to start in the slot, and it's not great as far as pecking order. You're going to have uh, you're going to have Cooper and Gallup on the outside, drawing the better coverage. So it should leave Lamb with a nice cushion across the middle. Lamb is um, has the ability to run across the crossing routes. He doesn't mind contact. Um, and the fact that you now you're going to have an even more pissed off Dak Prescott with the rival of Andy Dalton as a backup, um, he's going to want to prove himself, try to get that nice contract uh, from either the Cowboys or from somebody else. So I'm really liking the spot that he's in. Number 14 is Denzel Mims, taken by the. Uh, <clears throat> God, I'm 
fucking up today. Uh, taken by the New York Jets at wide receiver. I'm not as high on Mims as most, but uh, you can't deny that he actually fell in a good spot. He's going to be the true number one uh, from day one. He is talented and has the ability to get open on his own, which are good things for Sam Darnold as they move on from Robbie Anderson. Number 15, we have Jalen Rager, wide receiver for the Eagles. I fucking just hate this spot. And it's not, it has nothing to do with Rager. Rager's a very good wide receiver. But the wide receivers, the wide receiver core here is cluttered as humanly as much as humanly fucking possible they just decided we're gonna throw all our chips in on the wide receivers here uh, bringing in not only ragger but you had john hightower come in and quez watkins you also had the draft day trade where marquise goodwin came in which is very curious so if you're gonna draft ragger you're gonna draft her for the future i don't know so much as right now uh, but he does have the talent to where he can succeed now, they do run the two tight end set with Ertz and Goddard, so that's going to cluster bomb it even more. I don't think we see a lot of a lot of returns on Rager until one of two things happen. Either Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson leave, or both are gone. So until that happens, I'm kind of off Rager. If, neither one, if one or the other was gone, I would move Rager up. Number 16, staying in the same division for the Washington Redskins, is wide receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden. I'd love to put him higher, but there's a lot of questions on here, and it starts right at the quarterback uh, with Dwayne Haskins. Redskins also, as well, um, brought in some talent. They brought in Antonio Gibson, who they're going to use kind of like Steven Sims, where you see him line up in the backfield, he'll line up in the slot, he'll line up, you know, you know, in just odd, odd places. He's going to be kind of like the gadget player, kind of like their Swiss Army knife. Um, Terry McLaurin is going to be the top target in this offense. He's built up a rapport with um, uh, Dwayne Haskins. So Golden's going to be down just quite a little bit, uh, but he does have immense talent. And if you're looking at Say 16 if you're doing a 12-team dynasty. A second-round pick on him isn't too bad. Now, a guy that's intriguing at 17 and a guy that could possibly get taken earlier if you fucking like to is Van Jefferson for wide receiver for the L.A. Rams. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it just like how I wrote it. This has more to do with opportunity than it does with talent. I'm not extremely high on Jefferson because he really shouldn't have been drafted as early as he was. Now, he shouldn't have been drafted as early as he was. What does that mean? It means the team really, really likes him, right? So what I can tell you is that this kid puts in the work and has a lot of confidence in himself. If he can work a bit more on using his hands rather than his body, he will succeed at this level. That's the stuff I got on tape. He is definitely better than Josh Reynolds, who's been built up this whole offseason as having the opportunity once Brandon Cooks was traded away. Uh, he's definitely better than Josh Reynolds, who everyone seems to want to see. <laughs> We'll leave that part out when he, get, when he gets an opportunity. Fuck that dude. He's garbage. I stand by that. Josh Reynolds is garbage. I've been saying this for two years. Whenever, Especially that Super Bowl year. 
and he got you know he got on the field everybody was like oh opportunity 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 i'm like no that dude fucking sucks he's not any good and what has josh reynolds done he's done basically fucking nothing Number 18, we're slipping back to the running backs, and that is Zach Moss for the Buffalo Bills. It's a great offense, but he's not only got to deal with Devin Singletary, but he's got to deal with Josh Allen uh, for both touches and touchdowns. I like the kid. He'll do well with his opportunities, um, but it, it is definitely a spot that I wish he would have ended up somewhere else, at least for fantasy. He's going to be very successful with the Bills. It's going to be a good rushing attack up in Buffalo. Number nineteen, we'll get to the we'll get to uh, some more quarterbacks here. We got Justin a- Herbert, quarterback for the Chargers. He is one spot above above, above Tagovailoa, and I'll tell you why. He has the ability to be more successful than Tua earlier rather than later. So you get an, a return, somewhat of a return, I believe, this season. Better overall talent around him and an offense that suits his skills. I'm not that high on either, but you can't fucking tell me he sits on the bench behind Tyrod Taylor all season. That is a true statement in my opinion. Now when you get to Tua, I will admit Dolphins have done you know some good work to improve their offensive line, which was a big concern to me uh, when we pretty much knew that Miami was selecting him. They still have a lot more work to do with this team. They need to get more... Uh, better skill skill players to surround him with and continue to build on that offensive line. Um, I still have some current some concerns, and it is my belief that you won't see him run nearly as much as he did in college because of his hip. If you think he's going to just take off and run, you're lying to yourself. That was a serious, serious injury that he had last season. And if you think they're going to have him running around like Lamar Jackson, it's too much of a risk for that team. They took him at a, at a high, high, high value pick. There's no way they're going to get him destroyed. Number 21, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver for the 49ers. Ayuk is going to get the opportunity to start opposite of Debo Samuels. My concern is just the Niners' offense in general, since it's as run-heavy as what it is, and it might stun his opportunity to achieve more fantasy value. 22, we have LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver for the Jaguars. Should end up lining up opposite of DJ Shark, which would be a good spot. DJ Shark could draw top coverage. But again, we have another wide receiver that went to a run-heavy offense with a less-than-stellar quarterback. This is, seems to be a theme. Um, there's opportunity here because everyone everyone else besides him and DJ suck a bag of dicks. I love that statement. Number 23, Devin Duvernay, wide receiver for the Ravens. Should start out in the slot in my opinion, right away. Um, But like I said, the theme does continue here. He has an opportunity. uh, But unless Lamar Jackson is able to throw more, his growth may be stunted. Um, Unless Marquise Brown can't stay on the field, I don't see a ton of opportunity to excel here. Uh, Brown and Lamar Jackson outside of tight end Mark Andrews, they kind of have that little click right in there. That was where most of the passing offense was going. So Duvernay really has a battle um, to get in there. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson 
doesn't have the ability to throw. He's always had the ability to throw. It's just they're utilizing his legs more right now. Now, that should change because they're not going to want to get Lamar Jackson absolutely fucking murdered, uh, especially as the MVP of the league last year. So um, there's opportunity here. It is a risk, but... You know, the farther down the list that you get, you're gonna you're gonna absorb more risk in these players. So, depending upon your needs, how much risk you want to take, you can move these. These are fluid. You don't have to just say, "Okay, here's one, and then here's 24," which is Keyshawn Vaughn running back for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone has a real big fucking boner for this kid, and he's basically a copy of the guy in front of him, which is Ronald Jones. Um, he is also going to have to deal with fellow rookie Raymond Calais, the other rookie they drafted, who can easily not only steal carries, but catches from him as well. He has upside, but to me it's very, very dangerous in the top two. If he slips into the third round, absolutely, I'm fine with it. Number 25 is another running back. It's DJ Dallas, running back for the Seahawks. And it's funny because I'm going to read this word for word. And this is almost exactly what was said on SiriusXM this morning. So I don't know if they got a copy of this or we're just on the same wavelength. I'm going to let's be honest. We're on the same wavelength. This to me is a sneaky running back to target late in drafts. Seattle reached for him in the fourth round and all it will take for him to start is an injury to Chris Carson. What about Penny? Dude tore his AC up, ACL up late in the year, which means he won't be ready to go for the start of the season, leaving Dallas with an opportunity to steal the backup role. It was revealed from Pete Carroll that it is quite possible that uh, Rashad Penny could end up on the pup list to start the year, which would mean six, possibly up to eight games. Could be longer. We don't know. So he's going to be he's going to end up as the primary backup to Chris Carson cuz everybody else I don't give me this Travis Homer bullshit it's not happening. DJ Dallas will be the backup to Chris Carson. So if you have shares of Chris Carson in Dynasty or if you decide to draft him in redraft leagues you need to get yourself some DJ Dallas. I cannot stress this enough. Chris Carson has come up lame each season at some point. Might have been minor, might have been, you know, semi, you know, medium to major like it was last year. So all I have to say is if you have Chris Carson in Dynasty, you can move him up from that 25 spot. I would probably take him in the second round. Make sure you have the handcuff there um, because there's definitely potential for DJ Dallas to take over that starter's role uh, for the upcoming years. 26, KJ Hamler, wide receiver for the Dallas Bronco. Broncos. I love the kids upside in the slot, but the question is opportunity with Sutton and Judy ahead of him. You also will be relying on Drew Locke to take that next step up this season, which I believe he does. Nobody has been higher on Drew Locke than me. I said it before the fucking draft last year 
that I like Drew Locke more than a certain other quarterback. Who was that quarterback? Kyler Murray. Now, you could tell me, no, Kyler Murray is better. Yeah, you know, skill-wise, rushing ability and everything, Murray's better. But you can't argue that they have really set up Drew Locke really nice this season with all these with all these wide receivers, which means that probably is going to crash and burn. But um, if you're as high on Drew Locke as I am and as high as I have been, then you like a lot of the prospects here. K.J. Hamler is a little guy, but he's fucking fast. He's fucking fast. If he can run that nice little slant route, just like, you know, if I translate this back to the Packers, it's just like Jordy Nelson. Jordy was a little bit taller, but um, if he can get that slant, if they can get that slant move going, whoo, Hamler could be fucking off to the races. Number 27 is the first tight end. It's a little high, um, but I think uh, the Patriots were a little high with their draft this year anyways. And that's Devin Asiasi, New England Patriots. Um, I think he fell into the best rookie tight end spot because it doesn't matter if Stidham or Hoyer are going to be throwing the ball. They like their tight ends. Um at least Hoyer, at least Hoyer does. Stidham is going to be taught to throw the ball to the tight end, um, and you're going to have him. You're going to not only have Asi Asi sitting there, but um, a little slot man Julian Edelman as well. Those are going to be your two more active players. Uh, we'll get into the AFC and the NFC on the next two podcasts, but. Um, Asi Asi should be in a, you know, as much as we hate fucking rookie tight ends, whew, he could be in for a shitload of targets. 28, Antonio Gibson, wide receiver. He should be a wide receiver slash running back. I'm leaving him as wide receiver because that's more of what he is. For the Washington Redskins, he's a true wild card. It's going to line up a wide receiver and running back, as we said. Jack of all trades type player, the Swiss Army Knife. He's basically what Steven Sims was for the Redskins last season, but with more talent. And if you look, if you, you know, Google Antonio Gibson and look at him on the field, he's really, really fucking fast. He knows where he wants to go. Um, I like Gibson. I'm not particularly high on the spot. That's why he's a little bit lower. Uh, 29, Chase Claypool, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He does have an opportunity to steal a starting spot this season, but here's my concern. How long is Ben Roethlisberger going to be playing? We've seen what happens when Ben Roethlisberger is not on the field. This offense sucked with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. So that's my real concern. A lot of people are going to be higher on Chase Claypool than I am. I'm looking down the road. Yes, he does have the opportunity to excel this year. Um, But what's going to happen in future years? We don't know. He is definitely a fucking big risk. Number 30, we have Joshua Kelly running back for the L.A. Chargers. This is falling into uh, the DJ DJ Dallas territory. He is one Austin Eckler injury away from being the starter on the team 
that likes to throw to the running back. So this is going to be the same thing with with Carson, no matter what format. If you have Eckler, you're going to want him, which means you can move him up your draft board because you want to handcuff. Yes, Justin Jackson is still there, but with them drafting Kelly where they did, um, I think it's Kelly's backup role to lose. So just make sure you get him, get him as a handcuff. Number 31 is Anthony McFarland for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people are higher on him, thinking that he's going to steal the number one spot. No, he's going to actually look to try and secure the number one backup role um, for James Conner with the possibility if and when James Conner gets hurt, he's going to get a chance to succeed. Number 32, Darrington Evans, running back for the Titans. He's, Henry, he's going to be Derrick Henry's main backup. But expecting this kid to really succeed, it's kind of a tall order. Um, We do like this kid. He is very, very talented. But but I'm going to tell you this. The kid is 5'11 and 200 pounds. He's got some nice weight to him. But he's not as big. Okay, He did make progressions. Um each and every year so if there's time to build with him in case Henry decides that he's not going to sign a longer term contract or if the team doesn't want to sign him to a longer term contract sure he's a very nice runner who can catch when needed but he's not a he's not a terrifically as terrific he's not as sure-handed as everybody wants to make him out to be he does gator arm. He lets it hit his body. But he does tend to secure the catch more often than not. Um, the only question that I did have about him was that he did come from a small school. Uh, I did think he was going to be drafted a little bit later than what he was. Um, but obviously the Titans saw something in him and drafted him in the third round. Um. But that's, I think, has more to do with the media driving up his demand um, and it kind of getting into the NFL front offices than it does with his actual talent. A third-round pick, he better be a fucking stud. I don't think he's a stud. I think he's very good, but he's not a stud. Number 33, LaMichael P. Ryan, running back for the Jets. He's going to be Bell's main backup because Every other running back on his team is a bona fide fucktard. There. I said it. I said it. P. Ryan is way more talented than every other running back on that team that is not Le'Veon Bell. And I'm not a huge uh, Le'Veon Bell guy. Um, things on LaMichael P. Ryan finds his opening and goes. He's much finer, much faster than his combine time. Much faster. Stays compact on the run, even when out in the open. That's what I like. He stays low. Uh, Very nice hands in the passing game. Um, Staying low, let the defenders bounce off him and keep him upright. I said, don't sleep on this kid. Projected to be in round seven. Was taken in round four by the Jets. So if there's any point in time... That Le'Veon, that they decide to move on from Le'Veon Bell and his big contract. There's another one. The reason why his rank's so low, 
not a lot of people are going to be on him. So take a look at him in the third round for sure. Number 34, probably a little bit high, um, but I th- I thought it was time for another quarterback in here, and that's Jordan Love, quarterback for the Packers. I just said it. I'm going to read it like I said it. He may or may not eventually replace Aaron Rodgers. He's a talented kid who will need a couple seasons to learn the position from an NFL standard. Very super talented. This is the kid that threw can throw over tall defenders to a five foot seven receiver. Consistently drop it in the bucket. But he needs work. He needs to make sure that he's understanding the system, understanding coverages, making sure that he doesn't have a 2019 like what he had where he had multiple interceptions. Number 35 is Tyler Johnson, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love the kid. Fucking love him. Came out of Minnesota, so I saw him you know, pretty much each and every week on Big Ten Network. Um, he does have a chance to take a starting spot away from Justin Watson. The only issue is, will he continue to be a third wheel? What does that mean? If Mike Evans is there, if Chris Godwin continues to be there, he's going to be the third wheel at best in a wide receiver for the wide receivers. That's not even dealing with, you know, if they actually get a tight end involved, which they won't. Um, but they like to throw the running backs a lot. So he's kind of limited. I'd take a shot on him late in the drafts. Uh, depends on how long, you know, your, or how large your, uh, dynasty draft is. If you're going third or fourth round, you know, three or four rounds, uh, end of the third, end of the fourth would be good. Granted, I rank 78, and I understand you're not going to draft all 78. Next on the list at 36 is Jacob Eason, the quarterback for the Colts. I'm hoping that Phillip Rivers does another season beyond 2020 um, just to kind of give Eason an extra year to learn behind him because they do see something in this kid. I see it too. Um, I like him. I like the system that he fell into. I like the team. Uh they're not going to be completely riding on him. So he's going to probably be a decent, not great, you know, like an elite NFL quarterback, but he has the arm talent. He has the arm talent to do it. It's just whether or not he gets this opportunity, you know, gets this opportunity. If they don't rush him, let him learn. 37, we have Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver, uh, slash running back for the Oakland Raiders, there we go, Las Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. I was a little curious about this pick for the Raiders more than I was about Henry Ruggs. Reason being is Bowden was, you know, at the Combine and, and for all intents and purposes, He's a wide receiver. He started out as a wide receiver at Kentucky. Um, he got moved to quarterback, became more of a running quarterback, like a heavy extreme running quarterback. He's very quick, very smart kid. So your starting three would, stu- would still be Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, and Hunter Renfro in the slot. 
from time to time, you'll see Bowden come out. Probably line up in the slot, line up outside, line up in the backfield on passing downs where Josh Jacobs, you know, doesn't really excel at. He's decent at it. He's just not terrific. So he's going to be another one of those Swiss Army Knives things. But I think he's a higher risk than, say, Antonio Gibson. Um, If I go back here, they did take him high. They took him in the third round. Um. But still, it's 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 hard to predict guys like that because they don't have a specific skill set, um, and trying to see how they fit into that offense because it you know they're wild cards. You don't know what's going to go. Um, number thirty eight is is his new rookie teammate Brian Edwards, uh, wide receiver. If I remember correctly, now. There is a possibility for Brian Edwards, who will be a, more of a backup type guy, but could take the you know spot away from Tyrell Williams um, after this year. Um, there is a chance Brian Edwards can actually play tight end a little bit, be more of that move tight end a little bit off the line, um, play a little bit inside, bigger receiver, of course, than say. Uh, Hunter Renfro, so if they want to go really tall, they can fit him in there uh, just fine. But the problem is there's a ton of fucking ingredients for this offense. 39, start a run of some tight ends here that I like. Um, Albert O, I'm not going to fucking say it, tight end for the Broncos. I like him. I like that he's reuniting with his old college quarterback and Drew Locke. Now, there is no fant there. Um but they can run a two tight end set. It's kind of what seems to be, you know, the new trend is running that 12 personnel, as they call it, uh, with the two tight ends running routes. I like Albert O. He's my second t- highest tight end just based on skill and talent and spot. So number 40 is going to be Adam Troutman, tight end for the Saints. It's going to take him a couple of seasons, though, because you're going to need uh, Jared Cook or Josh Hill. Um, to leave. I would expect Cook to leave before Josh Hill um, because Josh Hill is a more capable blocker than Jared Cook. So Uh, not a bad spot, not a terrific spot, but um, we'll have to see what happens though too. Now it would be interesting if Jameis Winston actually did end up taking the reins from uh, Drew Brees if Drew Brees retired because um, Winston does like tight ends if he's if he's been practicing with them. Him and Troutman probably will end up getting a lot of practice time together. Now there is still Taysom Hill there. I know we don't know who's ever going to actually replace Drew Brees, um, but it's going to come sooner rather than later. So next probably couple of years they're going to have to make that decision. Forty one is Cole Komet. Tight end for the Chicago Bears. Basically the worst spot that a tight end could have been drafted based on the fact that the Bears decide that they need uh, 30 fucking tight ends and they rotate them in and out of the lineup during the whole game. So uh, He is stuck behind Jimmy Graham, which really kills his value for this year. Um, but I would expect them to cut Jimmy Graham after this year, You know, basically knowing what everybody else knows, that uh, Jimmy Graham is not that good. 
Number 42, we got another quarterback. It is Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles. Will he be the Taysom Hill for the Eagles? This has, really has fucking disaster written all over it. Um, I like Hurts. I just hate his spot. But uh, I'm willing to take a shot on him, especially fourth round. If you haven't taken a quarterback and you just kind of want to um, play by ear and see what happens with it. Number 43, we got Harrison Bryant, tight end for the Browns. It's going to take a year to year or two to pay off um, because you still have Njoku there. You still have Austin Hooper there. So he's going to fight his way in there, but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they actually let Njoku go after this season. Um, but that's going to be dependent upon Harrison Bryant. I love the tight. I love, love Harrison Bryant. He was my second favorite tight end in this whole draft. But uh, that's also a tight end class that wasn't all that great either. Number 44, we have Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver for the Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. Good God. The Houston Texans. It's going to take a year probably to see any real uh, inf- uh, return on investment. Uh, there are four wide receivers ahead of him. So if he's going to see you know, extensive field time, um, he's going to need either Brandon Cooks Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, or Kenny Stills to get hurt. And probably two of them, to be honest with you. Can it happen? Absolutely. It's Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks to start out. And Randall Cobb hasn't been a, you know, a picture of perfect health lately either. Number 45, probably real, really too high of these tight ends, to be honest. Uh, but we're starting to get really in kind of the miss the mix and match, uh, pick your poison here. Uh, number 45 is Dalton Keene, the tight end, the other tight end that the Patriots drafted. Um, but he, <laughs> I even said it, it's not my favorite tight end, but his second best on the team behind fellow rookie, Ossie Ossie. And that's true. That, that tight end core was terrible last year. 46 is Bryson Hopkins, tight end that went to the Rams. Wasn't big on him before the draft and definitely don't care much for him afterwards. Holy shit. I mean, if you just look at the Rams here, he's going to be behind Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Um, you also do have Johnny Munt, who's been in and out of the lineups, um, active, inactive, uh, week to week. So um, he's got a tough climb. I didn't care much for him, like I said. So it is what it is. 47 is Joe Reed, wide receiver for the Chargers. Um, he has a shot to compete with Andre Patton for a spot opposite of Mike Williams when they go to the three wide receiver sets. But with the number of targets that also go to the tight ends and running backs, his share would be small anyways. Um, so very high risk. I I don't love him, but I don't hate him as much as some of the guys that are below him. Um, so, I mean, he's worth a speculative ad late. Number 48, Quint. Quintez Cephas, wide receiver for the Lions. Kind of liked his spot. He could possibly be a a replacement for Marvin Jones down the road. We don't know. Um, Marvin Jones still has probably a year or two left in him. Uh, So this one, you know, I love Q. Wisconsin Badger kid. I said it on on the live stream, though. Uh, I don't really get why he came out this year instead of just waiting one more year with how deep how deep this class really was. 
49, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the Browns. I love his talent, but he's buried on that depth chart. He's fucking buried. So he is very, very talented. If you do suspect that, say, Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham get moved at a certain point in time, that's about the only way that he's really going to move up. If he gets past them, then he's only really got to deal with, say, guys like Taewon Taylor, uh, Rashad Higgins, Damian Ratley, those type of guys. His talent is better than than what's in front of him. So he has a shot. Number 50 is Eno Benjamin, the running back for the Cardinals. Um, if you're investing in Kenyon Drake, you're gonna want to get you're gonna want some get some Eno for a handcuff. Now we do still have Chase Edmonds there um, and DJ Foster's there, but Eno Benjamin's gonna get a shot here to be Kenyon Drake's uh, backup, if not eventual replacement. It's a tall order to be a replacement. But as far as a backup, absolutely. He has the skill set. 51 is John Hightower, wide receiver for the Eagles. This is Rager's uh, rookie teammate. He has opportunity, but he's just like Rager. He really just needs the other wide receivers to go away. Eventually, he could be the second fiddle in the passing offense, though, uh, in terms of the wide receivers. 52 is Desmond Patman, uh, wide receiver for the Colts. Uh, in my opinion, Colts got a real big steal with Patman in the sixth round. Um, I thought he should have went in the middle rounds, about you know round four at the lowest, the start of round five. So Patman falling to the Colts was really really good. Um, I believe at some point he has the talent to replace T. Y. Hilton down the road if they want to get out from under his contract. If not, flat out possibly steal the slot spot um, for the Colts this season. I mean, you're looking at literally Paris Campbell, Artavis Scott, Chad Williams, and Malik Henry. Not really household names here. Uh, Paris Campbell was, you know, the hot rookie prospect last year. Um, And I liked him too, but I mean, it wasn't enough for me to draft and redraft leagues. Um, so I might take a shot here on Patman because he's definitely better than uh, 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 Paris Campbell. 53 is Quez Watkins is another wide receiver for the Eagles. He has a chance to be someone, but like the guys in front of him, he needs a lot of help to get bumped up in a cluttered wide receiver core. Now, he may have some value in kick returns. Uh, he is. It is quite possible that they put him out there. Um, but that's not what you're trying to achieve here. You're trying to achieve a wide receiver that's actually on the field at all times. Number 54 is Raymond Calais, running back for the Buccaneers. Like I said, he has a chance to steal a role, if not the top spot in this Bucks backfield. If you go five rounds, even four. I might take a shot on Calais. 55, James Prochet, wide receiver for the Ravens. Love the kid. Hate the spot. Terrible spot. Um, I don't know how much faith they have in him um, versus just taking a shot on a kid and seeing what happens. Prochet is very talented, but, again, not a high-passing offense. Colin Johnson, wide receiver for the Jaguars. Fuck no. Leave it there. 57 is Darnell Mooney, wide receiver for the Bears. 
the only way that he's going to have any value at any point in time is if the Bears actually released him and he gets picked up by another team. So that's my feelings on Mooney. I like I kind of like this kid. I just don't think the Bears know what the fuck to do with him. 58, we have K.J. Osborne, wide receiver for the Vikings. If he is a, if he impresses in the preseason, he actually has a shot to be a difference maker. He could fit in the slot. He could fit in the outside. He could switch with uh, Jefferson from time to time. So, but I don't think he's definitely you know, in a need if you're only going four rounds. If you're going five rounds, yeah, I would definitely take a shot here. 59, we have Colby Parkinson, tight end for the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks, right? They just love to clutter up this tight end spot, and they can't ever seem to pick a guy that they really, really want. They brought in Greg Olson already. Um, If we go to Seattle here and take a look here, this is is what he has, has to fight with. Greg Olson, Jacob Hollister, Will Disley, Luke Wilson... Oh, and they drafted another tight end who we'll get to uh, later on this list. So, real fucking tall. Could get a chance for some cheap, you know, red zone touchdowns. Um, But, I mean, I'd rather bank on another tight end that's got a a more sure shot at a starting spot than take Colby Parkinson super, super late. Um, you know, with like eight other guys around him. 60, K.J. Hill, wide receiver, Chargers. I actually think he has a chance. If Keenan Allen decides to hang it up at some point, I think he has a chance to actually take that slot spot away uh, from Keenan Allen, the passing of the torch here. Will he get that opportunity? We don't know. Um, But he is pretty talented. I like the kid. He's pretty quick. Uh, 61 to 62. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Bills, and Isaiah Hodges, wide receiver for the Bills. Let's move on. Number 63 is Freddie Swain, wide receiver for the Seahawks. I don't see I don't see him actually having a real chance here in Seattle, unless somebody unless um, Unless Seattle gets devastated by career-ending injuries in the receiving core. Like, you're going to need a ton of injuries for him to succeed. Uh, 64, you have Juwan Jennings, wide receiver for the 49ers. Um, In all honesty, he's more of a possession receiver. Could be a poor man's Anquan Bolden. But it's going to take a couple of years for him to get up there. 65 is Jason Huntley, running back for the Lions. Absolutely fucking buried on the depth chart. And he really isn't good to begin with, so <clears throat> I even this far low, I'd probably still skip him. 66, we have Malcolm Perry, wide receiver for the Dolphins. I will say, he's actually buried on the step chart, but it is the Dolphins, which, unlike other teams, actually gives him a shot to do something um, at some point. You know, they're they're trying to find their identity, they're trying to find the right players to fit around to us. So uh Perry, who played for Navy, he can line up, you know, running back. He played a lot of quarterback too, so uh very smart kid. But uh again it's the Dolphins. This could be, you know, a four or five year project, much like what Devontae Parker was. So take it for what it is. 
Number 66 or 67, we have Tyree Cleveland, the wide receiver for the Broncos. Just has way too much to overcome. Move on. Number 68 is James Morgan, the quarterback for the Jets. I never, I, I will never see him beating out Darnold for the top spot. I think he's a career backup. I wasn't very high on the kid. Uh, we move on. Uh, Mr. 69, Jake Luton, though, on the other hand, for the Jaguars, does have the opportunity to beat Minshew for the top spot um, at some point. But I worry that the coaching staff is going to be gone too soon, and then he's going to have to start all over again learning a new system. So, uh, unfortunately, not going to make it probably in a dynasty draft. 70, Nate Stanley, uh, QB for the Vikings. Um, he could take the job, but only if Cousins retires. He's kind of a, he's actually kind of a copy of Kirk Cousins, to be honest. So it's kind of one of those kids where I don't love him, but I don't hate him. 71, straight up hates this guy. He's straight fucking garbage. That's right, kids. Where to Jake from? At number 71. Why? The team that took him, the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because I told you everything you needed to know before the draft while everyone straight lied about his fucking talent. He's not good at all. He has no fucking arm strength. He's not as talented. I don't give a fuck how smart you are. If you can't throw the ball with some fucking zip, you're done. You're fucking done. 72, Cole McDonald, quarterback, Titans. He's fine, but I don't see him getting the chance to start before they cut him. Before you'd cut him from your actual team. Number 73 is the other tight end that CL Seahawks drafted, and Steven Sullivan. I gave you guys my little spiel on Steven Sullivan. I thought he was the better tight end coming out of LSU over Thaddeus Moss. Just ended up in a terrible fucking spot. 74, Tyler Davis, tight end for the Jaguars. Ugh, gross. Same kind of thing with the Bears and, and whatnot. Just too many goddamn tight ends. 75 is Ben DiNucci, quarterback for the Cowboys. <laughs> DiNucci? How about Danucci? Now that you have Andy Dalton in there, it really kills Danucci's chances of doing anything. Number 76, Tommy Stevens, quarterback for the Saints. Eh, he sounds like the prick that tries to steal your girl while wearing 100% original ostrich boots. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got that one off of Twitter. Stupid Reno 911 911 uh, spiel. No real shot, I don't think. Not with Winston there. Not with uh, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. Um, oh my God! Why do well, how, Taysom Hill? Not with Taysom Hill there. Um, I don't see a real shot for him. Uh, last two, both tight ends. Seventy-seven is Josiah Deguera, uh, tight end for the Packers. Uh, I like Deguera. Okay, I did believe that he was drafted way too high. Um, and the other thing with him is it's just the tight end core is just way too cluttered. And, uh, I, I don't foresee anything being different in green Bay. Um, I do kind of like Jason Sternberger this year. Um, <clears throat> just cause there's an open slot spot, but, um, as far as to is concerned, 
I'm not going to take a real shot on him, and I doubt you'd ever take a shot on him, even in redraft leagues. So, um, Last but certainly not least, we have Charlie Werner, tight end drafted by the 49ers. Don't worry about him. He's never going to take Kittle's spot. He's never going to, you know, uh, take any of the backup spots. You know, you got Dwelly in there especially. Uh, Werner's not going to take the spot. He's strictly a blocking tight end. That's all he is. So, But that's it for part one. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully in part two and three, it just kind of get through some of the stumbling, but... Until then, let's get her done.